Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Last time we left off with a question that seems highly irrelevant. Seems though we've been off the past two weeks, wouldn't you say, folks? Yeah. Who is this again? <laughs> Sorry, how'd you get this number? Sorry, new Skype. Who this? <laughs> Jimmy? Annette? Is that you? Beatrice. 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 Hmm. Oh, what's the is Angela here? <laughs> Angela, Angela James, are you here? Oh, did you see that too? <laughs> oh boy, did I. Hmm. I, one of the few things in hockey I think that's kind of worth talking about this week. As it's been uh, an interesting fortnight. Uh, for uh, women's hockey, to say the least. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Did someone say Fortnite? Sorry, I should close my Fortnite server down. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Bl- blame the um, young humanoid clones that I have that are interested in that sort of thing. Except for they can't spell the word correct. It's very strange. Can they define it for you, though? Do they know what a Fortnite is? No! Mm. Which means they're destined to be hockey players. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No. So... First word comes out that the PHF will have a new commissioner at some point following the conclusion of their current season. Mm -hmm. That and there will be several uh, new hires made in the league office Mm -hmm. uh, following the quote unquote $25 million investment pronouncement. Someone in the league that's made has made and then we find out about this little um new ownership group in toronto to own the uh, toronto six featuring aforementioned angela james who Mm -hmm. then has um some pretty strong words not only for the phf but more so for the ph pwhpa uhpa And you know what? I blame the writers, too, for having a four-letter acronym that just kind of gets... I blame the writers more than I blame the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. The PUPA. I've always hated that, like, it's not an acronym, it's an initial something or another. <laughs> it's an abbreviation. It's an, it's an acronym when you can pronounce it as a word. So right. PUPA. When you when you say an abbreviation as a word unto itself, mm-hmm. like putpa. Uh, putpa. See, there we go. Now it's an acronym. Putpa. Initialism. That's what it's called. 
You can't like spell it or say it as a word. There's this fancy thing called the internet that I just looked it up on. Fantastic. You know what else is fantastic? Seeing the term teeter-tottering used to describe the current state of women's professional hockey in North America. I thought that was a pretty apt description. Um, Angela James posted one of those posts that, you know, should be a blog post or a like a full-page release, you know, linking to a URL. But instead, everyone likes to use their notes app instead because that's the thing to do i suppose you know pat just at me next time about my twitter thread this morning okay <laughs> no no i thought your thread was great because you didn't do it in notes it was a thread yeah, you yeah. sent us on a journey it's still twitter now where did she was this on the the facebook's <laughs> Yeah, I went looking for it earlier. I saw the the hockey news article about it. You know, and it I said so quote unquote social media, and I'm like, well, it's not on her Twitter. Is it on her Instagram? Yeah, I was about to look at that up, then I realized the time. No, so I think you might be correct. It was on um, that um, Meta platform. And I use the term meta in the most sarcastic way possible. Was, uh, but I saw this. I was going to say you probably use the term platform even in a more sarcastic way. <laughs> um, yeah. We, we, won't, we won't get in, into that because we might be here all, the rest of the night. Um, I saw it shared from a PHF player. Current Toronto Six defenseman, um, and I guess someone on Angela's payroll. Uh, she shared the uh, Soroya Tinker. Uh, she shared images of the post. Wow. So it does look like it might have been on, um, I'm going to guess, Facebook. Anyway, I, you know what? I, I, I finally have the uh, our Twitter account working on my work computer, finally. That only took me five months. <laughs> so I'll, I'll share, share out the post uh, on Sunday. But it's basically how to sum this up without reading it. Um, Basically, she thinks that it's dumb. <laughs> she thinks the whole thing is dumb. Everybody should just be in one league, and that's that. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean... She's tired of it all. She's tired of yeah. watching another generation of women's players not have a... A, a top tier best on best type league to play in. I mean, I read through the hockey news article about it and which quoted much of her um, social media post. Uh, and honestly, it's based, I agree with all of it. 
this is the only thing that she left out that I would have put in um, is that uh, it is unrealistic for the PWHPA to be holding out for the NHL to create a league for them because that's basically what they've been doing, right? It's, they don't want to join the PHF because then the NHL won't sponsor a women's league. And that's what they're looking for is they want the NHL to sponsor a women's league like the WNBA. And the NHL is not going to do that. They're going to wait and they're going to white knight everything and wait until every women's hockey is on the verge of collapse. And then they'll swoop in and be like, oh, we'll save it. Um, and that's what their plan is. That's what Bettman's said all along his plan is. And if until the NHL gets a new commissioner, that's that's what women's hockey is stuck with. And so the and you, P, huh, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say, and you have to admit that that plan went down the toilet the minute the pandemic struck in the US two years ago. Right. So I mean at this point Everyone's operating at a major loss because of the pandemic and other world events are not going to help that. So, so it's a bunch, and I say this with all the respect in the world. Okay, not really. Um, it's a bunch of like entitled, spoiled, like superstar female players who are looking for the NHL to raise their stars even higher so that they can get the recognition they feel they deserve instead of actually contributing to an existing league that where they can do that on their own without the NHL's help. That's my opinion. Now, whether that's true or not, maybe that's a different story, but that's my opinion. <laughs> there is so much animosity between the two sides that is still present to this day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of it, no, not, I don't think, I'm pretty sure a lot of it stems back from the CWHL model was gearing towards... Um, uh, how do I want to put this? It was gearing towards a more modern NHL model. Mm-hmm. And the PHF model is gearing towards a 1917 NHL model. Mm-hmm. Where you, you know, where you've got a bunch of little owners, you know... I am a sports franchise owner, you know, I'll put in money type thing here and there where, and I don't, I don't discount them. They want, they want financial stability and I don't think they've been shown that the PHF has the financial stability. And I think that's one of the fundamental problems. But that's, I mean, for a professional league of any kind to be starting out to have financial stability is a little unrealistic. And and that's why I say they're 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 wanting they're wanting to jump ahead a hundred years and get to now where the NHL has a lot more financial stability than it did in the 1917. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't want the growing pain. They want to fast track it. And I can't blame them for that. Um, yeah, should it be fast-tracked? 
I think it should be accelerated. I don't think it should be totally fast tracked. And I think some of it also there. You know, you look at what the how the WNBA um, evolved, right? And it sort of comes back to that whole thing. They didn't. They didn't start the WNBA at at square one. They started at like square twenty five and then let it grow naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't just have sixteen. I don't remember how many the WNBA started with. So I don't think it was. I don't think it was as small of a league to start. I think it was twelve. Yeah, I want to say it was like, like twelve. Eight somewhere teams. There. It began okay. with oh, eight, eight teams. So okay. almost as small. Yeah. So and every single players. and every single team was affiliated with a NBA franchise. Right. Um, they they rolled them under the ownership groups. Or the sports, the sports and entertainment groups that a lot of those teams have, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Except, of course, the the Sonics franchise or the Seattle Reign, because. Well, no, they started out with the Sonics, but then they had to be cut loose when the Sonics left. Yeah, <clears throat> but see, there, there's, there's a key indicator. They were cut loose when the Sonics left, and they've been doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Actually, they've probably been doing better than fine now that the Sonics are gone. More of a fan base to like pull from. I, well, I just my my thing with the with the I have to look up the uh, initialism PWHPA um, is that they're being unrealistic. That's that's really. I mean, you can. You can't start where the WNBA is because the NHL is not the NBA. Right. Ownership might be the same in many cases, but the commissioner of the NHL isn't willing to go there. And until there's a new commissioner, that's just how it's going to be. And so I think that, that they're operating from a place where they're not being realistic about it. They, Like you were saying, Patrick, they want to fast track to... 2022 instead of you know start out at like 1920 and then jump to 1950 and then jump to 1985 you know it's they want too much too soon are they excuse me are they unreasonable or are they unreasonable i think they're just unrealistic i think that what they want is reasonable right it's like they want stability they want guaranteed income they want to be able to be like a men's a professional men's league and dedicate their time towards the sport rather than having to split it between another job and a sport to like get by and i get that that is completely and totally reasonable the Mm -hmm. unreasonable part is um, expecting that that's going to happen overnight. I'm I'm of two minds of that kind of expectation from the PW side. I think a lot of it is driven by national team players. Mm-hmm 
who are afforded the opportunity to wait and can make this random weekend showcase in a city of, you know, whatever, what's ever on the calendar this month work. But it can't work too much longer for the rest of the players in their membership group. Because they're going to just start alienating those more and more and more and make it unsustainable for them to continue participating in these showcases. Well, it's it's also, I mean, it's it comes down to sponsorships, right? It, it does. Now, when I've listened to, and darn that Adam Wilde put getting, you know, people with some experience and getting their voices out into the public. Who? Yeah. So, some guy in, um, he's on the radio somewhere in Canada. Oh. Anyway. Oh, small market then. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like a number four market or something in North America. Yeah. Uh, listening to some former CWHL players and quasi-union representatives, for lack of a better term. I don't know what official capacity they were in. You know, I understand players have been burned once, twice, three times over. Are their expectations... Their expectations are probably unreasonable in the moment. Like, growth as every early is basically every future Sean McAdoo book will say um, lead growth is not linear, especially in hockey. It's just, it's messy. And I like the sounds of partnering with organizations. I'm not even going to say NHL teams, but organizations with infrastructure to help you do things is a great start. But those same organizations aren't going all in. Unless we hear an announcement in two weeks that, oh, let's just use the Washington Capitals because the PWHPA is currently in D.C. or Northern Virginia this weekend. Until, you know, Ted Leonsis is financing a franchise in a singular women's league. You get some great stuff for a weekend, but it's like going off to a staff retreat. And it's not anything sustainable. Because you know, after you get back to your office in a few weeks, all that stuff you talked about probably goes, you know, out the window. It's college hockey, right? You know, you've got four days worth of class and a travel day and a game, and games are all piled in over the weekends, and you head back. Yeah. And it's not a terrible model, but it, it can't be uh, beer league weekend warrior hockey tournaments. Because you can only do a couple of those before they get real old real fast, and your funds dry up. Especially if you're traveling around from state to state, country to country. Mm-hmm. That gets expensive fast. And if you're trying to conglomerate and, you know, build these bases in major metropolitan areas. Like, as I sit here now, I'm watching a PHF game between Boston and the Metro Riveters. And I know 
there are players in Connecticut. There's players in, you know, New Jersey. They're, they're not players living, working in New York City or any of the five boroughs. There's still players commuting from out of state to play in these games. As long as they continue to want their existence to be aligned with NHL franchises and where they exist, they're going to drive up that cost of living wage that they're hoping for. I just wonder when are they going to bend and do something a little different? When are they going to reach out to markets that aren't in an NHL building? See, they, they, and I think we talked about this before is that women's hockey is setting their sights a little too high. Again, they're looking at the WNBA model. They should be looking to partner with the AHL or ECHL and using their buildings. Because those, those, oper- those operational models would coincide much more closely with what they are doing and trying to do. Yeah. And honestly, what about some college buildings or multi-purpose arenas that currently do not host teams? Um, I mean, I'm looking for like cost effective. <laughs> well, we have to take it. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, we're talking about hockey. So that argument's null and void because nothing oh, right, true. Yeah. is cost effective. Nothing in hockey is cost effective. It really isn't. Um, it's all absurdly expensive. And that's just because of the, um, well, pretty much everything we talked about from episode one to, what are we up to, 137 now? Basically, go revisit those episodes and you'll understand (laughs) what we mean. Listen to our entire catalog. Do it. (laughs) Again. We've been right, we've been right, we've been right, we've been right, we've been right. And that's why no one will hire us. (laughs) And then the other times, the rest of the time, we've just asked the questions that no one wants to answer but us. We don't do things easy, and that's why people don't want to hire us. And that is the biggest obstacle right now for the PW. They don't want to do, they want someone else to do all the hard stuff. They just want to do the easy stuff. They just want to get their gear, go and play and get paid just like NHLers do. And that's all. The problem is that they don't realize that it took a hundred years for the NHL to get to where it's at. And really only the last, let's say, 30 years for salaries and revenues to blow up to a point where, you know, yes, you can have a working wage. What is that in your market? Is it a $50,000? Is it 70? Is it 100? Yeah, it's like define working wage first. Just to pay your bills. You know, if you want a team in Toronto, Montreal, New York, Boston, well, I hate to tell you, you're driving up the costs. And who do you want if to pay the cost? Mm-hmm. 
Do you want do you want someone else to pay for I mean that's exactly what they want is they don't again they want someone to pay for their equipment and set up games and do all the all the um in-game stuff that the NHL has and again they just want to show up with their gear and play. And it's like, well that's great. I mean, that's the ideal, right? That's what everybody wants when they're playing professional hockey whether they're male or female, but the reality is Women's hockey is not at that point yet. No. And, and no matter how much they try to connive the NHL into making that, that happen for them, it's not going to. And what's going to happen in two years when all the national players are pulled away? That's one of the biggest unanswered questions we've heard because the NHL doesn't have that issue. The only time those players are pulled away, the the league goes on hold for a period of weeks, or players are eliminated from playoff contention and go play in the World Championships. They'd want it just that's like not, the NHL. That's not going to be the case when it comes time for Hockey Canada, USA Hockey, and any, you know, other international team players from Europe when their training cycles begin in 2024 for 2026. All those players are gone, and then who's left to do all the work? Now, their expectation is still what the NHL does, which is shut down the league for two and a half weeks while they go and do their thing. And I know that the the women's national teams do it differently than the men's in that the national teams are together for a few months before the Olympics or before World Cup or World Championships or whatever. Um, but that would be the expectation. It would be like it would be like um, how European leagues shut down periodically so that players from national teams can go play on play and do other things. That would they be the also have success. So. Yep. They also have success. They're actually able to accomplish things, which is more than USA Hockey can say. Let's not talk about USA Hockey. Uh, burn it to the ground. No more national bodies. Just... Yeah. Let's just have a fun league where a team can wear four different jerseys in the course of four games and they're all cool. <laughs> Looking at you, Riveters. Mm-hmm. As I stare at the auction for all the game worn black rosy jerseys. <gasps> I want one so bad. Eighteen days left and I am I am hoping to snipe on one. <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping they would make that a jersey you could actually just buy and not have it be auctioned off. You can. It's just been hard to find. Mm. Hey, NHL, why don't you do that, too? But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never let you have any fun. Like uh, actually buying stuff. Like good stuff that, you know, the players wear and you see them in interviews. Mm-hmm. 
No, and you know, everything just has to be a warm-up jersey. It can't be used in-game because, oh. God forbid. Everything has to be hand-stitched, apparently. You know, a lot of, or most teams auction those things off. Montreal does it differently. Um, Because I actually have a game-worn Montreal Canadiens jersey. (laughs) Um, They will send out a a tweet or or probably to their season ticket holders. It's like an email or or something. And instead of bidding, um, you put your name in for a draw. So all of the all of the jerseys are at a particular cost. They've determined how much it's going to be. And um, you put your name in for a dra- uh, drawing for one particular jersey or two or three or whatever. And they draw the draw your name and you get the jersey for the cost that they already set it at. And I mean, obviously, that's the um they kind of have to do something like that because if it gets into a bidding war for some of these jerseys, they're talking tens of thousands of dollars. And that doesn't allow your average fan to be able to have a chance at any Jersey. So I think that's why they implemented that. But um, I keep thinking, why don't other teams do that? <laughs> so- Looking at you, LA Kings. As a frequent participant in the LA Kings um, auctions, Mm -hmm. I see both sides of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Right, on on a lot of these auctions. I say okay, you know, because because it goes to charity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with it, right? Uh, by and large, I'm fine with it. But you know, I sort of have that, and I know Montreal is a completely different market. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know, you know, somebody like Brendan Gallagher's game worn or warm up sweater, you know, for one of these special nights would probably start fetching, you know, buku bucks as would carry prices and everything. It goes to charity. I'm kind of okay with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that I, to an extent. Yeah. I, I get I get your the sentiment of the fan, you know, the the guy who doesn't own the box seats type mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I do think a lot of the teams try and cater to those people as well. Because they often have them do um, pucks, like warm-up pucks from the same um, from the same game with a special design on them. The players will sign those as well. Right. And you know, people tend not to go as gaga cuckoo crazy for those. Um, I know San Jose does. Uh, and I know actually not just San Jose. I know a lot of teams do like the mystery pucks. I know Carolina's done it. I know San Jose's done mm-hmm. it. You know, a lot of teams will do the the whole, um, you know, twenty five bucks or whatever, which goes to the Canes Foundation or San Jose Sharks Foundation or whatever. And you know, you get um, an emoji themed puck signed by a player. You know, mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm currently staring at one from reportedly new Toronto Six owner Anthony Stewart right now. Yeah. So uh, you never know what you're going to get. As long as there is an opportunity for, you know, the. And I hate getting into these class discussions because it gets weird, right? The the common fan to to get some to get in on the action. I'm okay with it. I know the jerseys tends to be a big one. Um, especially when they do. You know, I, I've been sort of publicly trying to get my mitts on. There have been a couple of very cool game warm-up sweaters the kings have worn recently and i try and get my mitts on my quentin byfield one and you know i end up looking at three thousand bucks by the time the auction's not even halfway done and you know my out price was 1200 <laughs> right i and i i think to your point cassie and i'm going to stop rambling here i have seen teams hold back certain players from these type of auctions and then they'll do a raffle or they'll have them as part of a giveaway Mm -hmm. that regular fans can win but I think them use I'm kind of like I'm so torn I really am because I want them to generate money for their foundations and you got to kind of play to what your strengths are. And if you've got a fan base that will throw money hand over fist at stuff, go for it. You know, so I, I kind of want, you know, in, in the case of the, the Rosie, the riveters, um, I, is the, is the auction money going into the players fund? If no, that 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 one specifically is designed to. I think proceeds are going to Black Girl Hockey. Oh, okay, then. Yeah, I, for the for her uh, um or for their um their scholarships. Their scholarships, yeah. Yeah. Um, all, all proceeds are going to the Black Girl Hockey Club. Confirmed. Bid the hell out of those things, then. Bid the hell out of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't. Here. I I guess I'm more selective on my memorabilia type stuff. Um, and as long as they give me an option to order one of the sweaters that's not been game worn, which it appears that they are doing pre-orders for, I'm okay. You know, I kind of want the sweater. I don't care who sweat who was actually sweating in it at one point. Right. <laughs> Right, I mean that was my con- that was my concern with the the black Rosie the Riveter jerseys, because um, I saw them and I was like, oh, I, I need to have one of those. And um, for some reason, the general manager of the of the Riveters like tweeted back at me, and so we had a little Twitter conversation. And uh, I had asked her, I'd said, you know, I really, I sincerely hope these aren't just one offs. Right, that people are going to be able to buy them, you know, off of your online store, um, so anyone can get them. And she's like, "Oh, these are these are going to be a recurring thing. They're going to be coming back every year." Which really didn't answer my question, but at the time, (laughs) 
but uh, I was satisfied with that. I'm like, all right, because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get one this year, but um, I would still really like one. Yeah, and I would love – sorry, really quick, Pat. I would really love if they're going to make it a recurring thing that they bump the price up 20 bucks and give some of the money to the Black Girl Hockey Club. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm fine I can, with that. If, if you are good on the interwebs, um, and the only reason I can say I am is because I guess cause it's my job to be. Um, my direct supervisor may disagree, but he's not on the show and I am. <laughs> there is a way to currently pre-order a Black Rosie replica jersey. You just have to know how to find it. Ooh, send me the link. I, I need that. <laughs> it's in the chat. Ah, it good, is good. in the chat. Good, good. good. So but, you kind of have to go spelunking right now. Yes. And, and unfortunately, and, when you're a small entity, you're at the mercy of what your budget can afford, what kind of sh- online shop you can create, who you're working with. And so I would have if it comes back next year. Let's put it out there. Let's make it a little more front facing if has, possible. But has let, has sorry, has the auction closed? Oh no, no no. So the auctions for the game worn jerseys, there are eighteen days left at the time of recording, a little over sixteen days left from when this episode drops. And in I too will and in seventeen days the link to pre order the black Rosie Riveter jerseys will be more public. I think they're trying that, not to I, into their auction. I honestly hope so. I think they're honestly trying not to eat into their auction. Because I wasn't aware at the time of the re- reveal that the jerseys would be auctioned off. That was a that's probably something that was said, but just lost in the ooh, this is pretty. Yeah, I I, I saw that. I saw that that, and that's why I had asked. When the uh, um, Riveters GM like tweeted at me about or retweeted what I had tweeted, actually is is what was going on, um, and that's why I'd asked. I'm like, well, you know, that's what I I knew that they were going to be a one time thing, and I knew that they were the the jerseys themselves, the game worn jerseys, were going to be auctioned off, and I was like, no, wait, I, I just want a jersey. I don't, it doesn't have to be a game worn one. I just want one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's. I will almost guarantee you, in 18 days, they'll be like, hey, did you miss out on getting one of the game worn auction? You know, here's how you can pre-order some more. And you know what? One of the best things about it is. They let a fan design it, and it's awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, well, she's also an awesome designer. If you, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Dabney, the fact that they brought her in and you know let her be part of the photo ops when they were revealing the jerseys too was pretty cool. Just have a little fun. Do some nice collaborations, and the people will come, Ray. People will come. Mm-hmm. I actually have a 
<laughs> it's funny. I don't really, I don't really associate myself with being a fan of any of the PHF like teams, but I already have a Riveters jersey from their inaugural season, and I'm looking to get this uh, Black Rosie the Riveter jersey. So I'll have two jerseys from the Metropolitans, even though I've never seen one of their games, and I'm not sure I'm going to make the trek down to Jersey to do that. Although I have, but I, I have gone to see the Boston Pride, and yet I have no real interest in buying one of their jerseys. <laughs> don't Just, have any pride, is that what I'm hearing? Mm. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I sit there and think that I should because um, there is or was, I don't know if there still is. Uh, there was a, a player off of the Boston Pride who is from Mount Vernon, Washington. I don't remember. She's from Washington. No, Sammamish, I think. Why can't I not remember her name? I am so bad at this. So, and I don't even know if she's still on that team, right? But that was like a couple of, that was a couple of years ago. But um, let me look. She's come back and hosted clinics here. I'm guessing not on the active Pride roster today. Yeah, she is not on the Pride roster. It's Kelowna. Um, she might have gone over to the six. Okay, now I have to hunt this woman down. <laughs> okay, I'm, like, I'm glad you, still you said. Playing? <laughs> I'm glad you said that, not me, because context. Woo, that oh, would have been right? wholly wrong. Uh, there's someone from California on the uh, Toronto six. Mm-hmm. 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 Don't don't mind us. We're just doing you know Google search things, um, and of course I'm looking at like Wikipedia. So God knows how how up to date these rosters are. But um, Wisconsin, she may not be playing anymore. But if there were a bigger league and everybody was united, maybe she would be. I do wonder how how long a career is, because in the NHL, the average is like five years, or it was. I don't know if it still is. Yeah, roughly, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't look like she is currently in the PHF. <laughs> Meanwhile, the only interesting thing about the NHL right now is uh, guys going out waivers and getting claimed back by the original team. There's been a lot of waiver claims this year, hasn't there? Mm-hmm. Just it, it's. It's fun for, you know, fantasy GMs and people who like to do simulated leagues, but doesn't make for the most entertaining product. 
unless you get, I don't know, Toronto and Detroit together, oh, Arizona and Ottawa together, and just let things go off the rails. Yeah. Let it go off the rails. I am all down for some capers and hijinks and all around frivolity. Frivolity. And I'm all for other podcasts that take some of our material um, <laughs> being wrong and getting called out for it quite a bit. <clears throat> that one's fun. Because based on our earlier discussions about how they auction off and do mystery pucks, brings to mind the talk of when a guy scores a hat trick and he's holding up the pucks, are those the actual pucks? Um, that talk you might have heard on 32 Thoughts. And it makes me wonder, they're not actually selling or auctioning off those game pucks with the chips in them, are they? Um, no, because they're not game used. They do. The, you've got they the do warm the up warm ups. Line. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they do the warm ups, and then um, the the game pucks are over in the scorer's ice bucket in the scorer table freezer. Where, where the PA, where the PA announcers used to sit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them still do sit there now. Oh, not anymore. Everyone's being kicked upstairs because of COVID. Uh, not in all players, or not in all cities. <laughs> well, they were as of a few few weeks ago, but that might be a conversation for next week. Still can't find the player, can we? No. And it's infuriating me because she's hosted a bunch of clinics up here. And it's driving me because she's a friend of the Sound of Hockey podcast. Uh, and they constantly, uh, you know. I mean, she might not be playing anymore. Like professionally. Because I'm still looking to. Mm. Lexi Bender? Thank yes. you. <laughs> Where is she I at? Good, oh my dear God. Uh, as far as I know, she may not be playing. Let's see. Doo -doo -doo. Mm. 
It doesn't look like her Wikipedia page is Snohomish. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, last be... update. <laughs> go ahead. She sorry. played for the Pride in 1920 season and hasn't played since, as far as I can tell. I guess I should listen to the Sound of Hockey podcast and figure out what she's doing because they talk about her constantly. Uh, well, here's an article from last year out of the Seattle Times giving up any NWHL career early to practice law. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, yeah. She retired from pro hockey in January 2021. Welcome to the Lexi Bender Where Are They Now episode. Podcast. <laughs> that's a good that's a good title for this. Uh, absolutely. The the one where we try and find that women that female <laughs> hockey player from Washington State. <laughs> and what does she go on to do? Become a lawyer, which is a very sometimes it can be a very noble career. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to figure out in this article if they say what branch of law she's practicing. And they're really just talking about hockey, hockey this, hockey that. Her career, Pete, yeah, you know, NWHL, blah blah blah, Ken Dryden, yada yada yada. So, yeah, um, I'd, um, I'd almost suggest she's, if she's, I'm not going to speculate on what she's doing. She's 27. She can do what the hell she wants. Pretty much. (laughs) You know, um, Uh, I hope she. I hope she comes back into hockey in some capacity after she finishes her law degree. You know, I wonder if she's going to be one of those that goes into um, agent on the agent side of things. And that's what I was trying to find out if she was going into contract law or not. But yeah, nobody's really updated anything anywhere. Mm. with any of it so there you go we'll just have to call the sound of hockey guys because i know they got their they got her number (laughs) (laughs) apparently that's you know that's rather i I don't remember her name i was gonna wonder how how well it goes over with her former college teammates that she uh she got her undergrad at boston college played played her ncaa hockey because i'm not stepping on that landmine that podcasting landmine. Um, and then she got her law degree from Northeastern. It's very. Um, I, I don't know what to say. It, not something you hear or see a lot, but lots of good players play for Northeastern. Fun school. Hmm. 
Well, that was fun. All right. <laughs> Next week on Where Are They Now? Hockey Edition. So maybe instead of a uh, question of the week, we just need to be someone needs to send us some random player. Hey, whatever happens. Just to... deep dive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, leagues, this is called evolution, taking new ideas and running with them. You can't do the same old thing. This is our version of the um, Dishigan, Michigan. Revolving hockey podcasts and turning them into whatever happened to. I'm fine with that. It might be fun. Sure. <laughs> if people don't mind us, like, like, furiously typing while we're trying to talk. <laughs> That's all right. Well, knock on wood. Or tap on a mechanical keyboard. We'll find out soon enough. There you go. So I said have it's loud enough this time. <laughs> <laughs> if you have suggestions on who we should find out whatever happened to, send them to at 3v3podcast on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll do all the internet research for you. Pretty much. <laughs> and you won't have to read a thing. This is true. This is true. We'll aggregate all the data for you and present it to you in our typical chaotic scatterbrained fashion. What? To where, to where by the end of the episode, you won't know who we were talking about or what they were doing. Huh? <laughs> if you think Simpsons writers can start in one place and go three separate directions, just wait. Oh, I can do that in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And half. <laughs> oh. Okay. I think we'll just close it then. No question? No question. Let's just see if we can get a uh, fun submitted name to do a deep dive on. Okay. That works for me. Live in game update to end the show. Boston Pride up one nothing over the Metropolitan Riveters. 17-15 left in the second. We'll see how long they last without Lexi Bender. <laughs> and I'm never going to forget Lexi Bender's name now. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I will. So that's good. Her name is Lexi Bender. Her name is Lexi Bender. Well, I just got to remember Bender. So, and I'll be good. Okay. I feel right. weird. <laughs> I know. I feel like we should have something. <laughs> Maybe not a question, but we need to finish on something. <laughs> um, I guess we got to start playing outro music in our in our headphones. <laughs> just, and start playing Hit the Post before, you know, the outro music comes. Okay. Um, um, Things bye. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.